We got Jews in the house. Bring Osama bin Laden to the gates of hell. We are in control now. <laughs> Y'all law infidels, that's right. Hacker Hameen back in the studio, ready to put in the ignition code and launch and light the fuse as we break it all down here. Hameen Media Group, channelattitude.com, infidels. It's a big Annie, and there's only nine months left till the next big show here. HMG, light the fuse with MSG. Yeah. Oh, yeah. What's good? What's good out there? Uh, YouTube and Twitchers and uh, all the HMG subscribers at channelattitude.com. Hopefully, you're having a good week. Uh, as it's November 2nd, man, just time is ripping by, dude. I cannot believe how fast. The weeks go by here, and uh, glad to be back in the studio with who you know in the missile silo. Just got back from Raven's Joint Dispensary, taking the Emperor over there and one of my uh, sister-in-law wives, so checking it out, man. But uh, the Prince is back here, uh, ready to break it all down, and uh, good to see you. I know there's a a lot of uh, talk in in his world about uh, the Suck My Balls podcast, doing their new review of the new South Park. I watched it. I'm sure he has, too, to give you an in-depth breakdown. It's Matthew Schaffer-Gage, MSG, back in the studio. Good morning, Humming Media Group. Once again, (laughs) we are back. That's right, for another edition of Light the Fuse. It's been a busy week so far, Ben. I've uh, had an audition on Saturday, audition on Sunday. It was on set Monday. Uh, had acting class last night. Audition to send in Friday. So we're just keeping busy. You know, you're opening up that new dispensary i heard you were talking on the monday locker room so things are exciting man very crazy man i just went and expected to have a whole uh pile full of garbage at the front door after we had cleaned it out buying it as is or leasing it as is i should say and uh my my tag partners had it all cleared out man nothing there for me to do and and uh we're actually installing some uh top of the line uh video cameras obviously we can't have another invasion you know what i mean or you know, get bombed that way so we see them coming infrared and and flare and all that kind of stuff going on so it's it's shaping up man and there's only about two or three big projects left to do maybe four or five actually there's always something to do uh and uh we we could be ready to rock and roll so it's it's strange looking uh hey you can almost see the starting line of this new chapter of uh my life man and uh, very very cool excited about it all well, I think uh, the Hami Media Group is also, you know, excited for you, Ben, because you, you know, you've been leading this army, if you will, for the last five, six years now, yeah. seven years, right? We're eight going years, really. Eight I think years. 2015 since WrestleZone, right? Right, exactly. So I think for you to, you know, be getting a W, it's like we all got a W or we're oh, all getting a win, lot. man. Seriously. Thank you, man. Yeah, of I appreciate course, that. Well, shout out to, yeah, shout out to our friends here in the chat room who've already joined us. I see Kevin Murray, Dark Sidecaster, Todd Brentley, Wreck-It, Retro Rocket Review, Jim Harder, Elizabeth Javi is in here as well. Zane, thanks guys for being the early birds here as we continue to fill up here on Like the Fuse. I want to start with the conversation to follow up with the conversation you actually had with Rick on Monday. 
Sure. You guys, so you guys were discussing um, getting into professional wrestling at one point as far as the training aspect, taking it seriously, learning the art and the craft of it. And one of your biggest gripes that you had uh, gone on about was some of the hardcore wrestling. Uh, and that sparked an, a, a question that I didn't think Rick asked was, how does one even make the decision that, A, I want to be a hardcore wrestler, and B, where do you even get training for that? Is there training? Is there no training? Is that why you were that kind of shit makes you even angrier that like anybody can just walk off the street and do hardcore wrestling? That that is kind of it <clears throat> a little bit. It doesn't make me angry, I guess, because there's a guy who I came up with in uh, Random Act since college who teaches at Second City now, a very good friend named Law Torello and his cousin uh kind of got put onto the wrestling world just a little bit of like how do i get into this and his cousin is now casanova valentine who has worked very hard to build his brand also a great artist uh drawing artist graffiti artist and and, and an interesting uh you know actor like grind, that grindcore hardcore dude and um he's made his niche and he's gotten to work uh and being a couple feature things like that but did he train? Uh, I don't know if he like went to a school to train that. So he kind of started in the bar shows where it was a freak show thing. And then that translates to whether you get your shot at CZW or XPW. But I know a guy like a Matt Tremont can wrestle. I'm not sure who trained him, to be honest with you. Uh, I've worked shows with him. And I've seen him do stuff that doesn't involve all that, uh, you know, getting gig in your arm and shit that you're never going to go away from it. But I guess some of these guys just like that masochistic, I'm going to wear uh, these as a badge of honor. Um, maybe they look back on it later. Uh, you know, Abdul the Butcher's head being all fucked up or whatever it is, or possibly getting hepatitis by taking that extra or whatever else, I guess, that step that we're going to bleed on each other, man, you know, like dangerous stuff. But I, yeah. I guess there really isn't a place to go train. You kind of just got a, a lot way a lot of those guys, I think, get in. Like, um, who's the guy? Uh, Mance Warner. I think he can wrestle too, right? But he's known right. for this stuff. So some guys can and some guys can. People like a Sammy Callahan, who I know can wrestle and doesn't need to do it, did a little of it, but it's not his everything you know he kind of walks that line but some of these guys that's how they get on shows by going fuck it i'll take the light bulbs and i'll become that guy and then they get stuck there because they don't know how to work or do anything else or they get hooked to the oohs and ahs of the the blood of it all that this guy bled for our entertainment yeah that's what they're doing but you can get that same money and give those people that same feeling without having to shed blood and if you're shedding blood every match on a death match show then it doesn't mean anything like that. That's one flavor of ice cream that should be saved for a main event payoff of a long-term story, not just to do it and to do it. I mean, if you're doing a crazy gimmick match between two masochists, okay. A mankind and a Sabu or something, right? Like then we, we understand the setup, but eight matches of that shit. Come on B. And really, they're not that great of workers. They're more marks for themselves to look back at their own tape and go, holy shit, you see how fucking hardcore Jim Bob was? Like, you know, you don't understand how to really control a crowd that you can grab a cravat or a headlock and with a look, I can get a response instead of throwing my body through a table full of light bulbs that isn't going to be the finish anyway. 
<laughs> so now you're just doing uh stupid uh stunt show stuff um and fucking yourself up for real in what is supposed to be simulated combat so uh you know they blur the lines there's no doubt about it but uh, a true trained worker would know that i've got to take care of myself first and my opponent second uh and if you're doing that shit and there's blood dripping down your arms and face you've already failed lesson one you know you're not taking care of yourself so i mean color red means green uh when you get color it should really mean something and even moxley still has had to learn this lesson the hard way and doesn't understand it where he's in the opening match and getting color nobody can follow that on the show there's nothing higher aside from actually killing someone live on camera <laughs> that we can actually do so um you know th that's that's just uh the basics of chain wrestling that these guys don't even really care about and it's the fundamentals of the what they claim to love but all they really love is the holy shit you fucked up uh oh my god side of wrestling that is a quick buzz and fix but for some guys that's all they know and that's their flavor of ice cream you know but no, there's no place to go, like, how do I light my balls on fire safely? <laughs> You're on mute, Matt. You're on mute. So that's what I thought. I mean, because the only only hardcore, I guess you'd say, promotion that's still out there, right, is Game Changer Wrestling. They're they're really pushing XPW's that. back. Oh, XPW. Okay. Yeah. I know they're and, back. And I think CZ, is CZW around? No, I don't think they're running any shows or nothing. Gotcha. Yeah, I mean, because I constantly see, you know, like, Game Changer Wrestling advertising. They're touring now, and I've tried, I think... I just can't get into their content. It's just too much of the hardcore. Like you're talking about, you know, it's yeah. one thing to have one match on the card and you get your fix. Or even you guys were discussing like, hey, setting it up to the fans in the audience. Like, hey, this next match is going to be hardcore. So if you have kids, get the fuck out of here, right? Because you're right. making it mean something. When it's every single match, it's hardcore and everybody's bleeding. Or we see Mox was going through a period where he seemed to be bleeding every Wednesday night. You're just like, come on, dude. Like, yeah, it takes away. It takes away all the magic of why it's important. Right. Uh, of why we should be doing this. And to those guys, they're like, Oh, we're going to use the, the, the table. So you guys can use the door and you guys can, they think they're doing each other's favors. Like, no, we'll just set it up like this instead of finishing with a submission. You know what I mean? They're like, it does anything mean anything after you've seen it as somebody slammed on tacks and Legos and through doors and da, 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 da. the only match that would mean something. And this is why he's a hella smart worker is when Matt Cardona shows up and doesn't do any of that shit. Right. Not, not only does he look like uh, a, a Ken doll, right? Like compared to everybody else who's a fat slob with a bunch of fucking scars all over the, their body and teeth missing. He looks like an Adonis. And then he doesn't do any of that shit and does gimmick and gets over 10 times more because they're marking out that a ex WWE guy would lower themselves to come down here to the trailer park and fucking roll around in the slums with the fucking dirt bags, right? Like that's the magic of it. And he knows that because he's a hella smart businessman so go there and do the opposite of what everybody else is doing is uh is an easy trick and a smart one to do all right well moving on here i've got another story here from wrestling inc to start the show as well Ooh. we've got backstage news on whether recent AEW ratings have impacted the warner brothers discovery relationship mm -hmm. uh so they write as per report by five full select wd wbd is pleased with AEW. While sources revealing to Fightful that WBD expected a drop in viewership due to AEW competing with football, 
Tony Khan claimed earlier this year that the CEO David Zasoff is happy with AEW and that Warner Brothers is excited about the potential of the company. To note, last week's AEW Dynamite declined to 774,000 viewers, which was the lowest since June 15th, down from 901,000 viewers from the previous week. Collision also as well dropped from 518,000 to 472,000. Um, a new report, though, has revealed that AEW rejected an offer from the WDB for their library, pay-per-views, and programmings. Tony Khan apparently believed that the offer fell short of the market value. What? <laughs> yeah, man. Well, there's a lot to unpack here. Uh, David Zasloff also contacted me and let me know that tell oh, you guys sorry. that he's happy with how HMG is doing as nice. well. See how easy that is to go. Warner Brothers Discovery is happy with us. Let me hear it from David at Zaslaw's office. <laughs> yeah, anybody can go, yeah, no, the guy said he's happy with us. No, that's how it is, uh, Stooge of the Sheets. Um, and like I've said before, plenty of upper echelon um, producers and executives fail upwards and they say anything to the variety newspaper that's lip service that isn't going to make them look bad. But collision alone what did we start with for viewers one for million 1.1 1. 1 was one, the highest yeah so 1 million and where were we Four hundred seventy-two thousand. on saturday 63 yeah. percent of your audience is gone in less than six months are you if you're a tv exec and you go i'm happy with that guess who's not gonna have a job for very long you'll probably move up to president after that <laughs> but as does anybody out there have a job where you can do only 47% of your job correctly and, and not be able, Hey, I work at the deli. I, I'd like a pound of, uh, I'd like a pound of cheese. Okay. Here's a 0.47. Yeah. Uh, uh, I said a pound. No, that's all you get today, bro. Be Well, I'm happy with this. <laughs> and then it's, it's all fucking bullshit. Right. So, oh, oh, hey, at the bank here, yes, I'd like to deposit uh, this uh, $100. Okay, $47 has gone into your account. Uh, no, I, I gave you $100. <laughs> i am sorry, all we can get is $47. Today. 53 is ours now, sorry. <laughs> yeah. And it's gone. Yeah, right? So um, that that is the bullshit metric and lip service that gets paid to Sean Ross Sapp or whoever the fuck from the Inside Stooge Report. Oh, they're happy with us. Um, but they lowballed us on what they would offer us for our library. And we said, no. So obviously <laughs> they don't think much of you because they're not paying the price you expect them to. And by every metric you've not increased, you've lost every metric of the audience. And then to even start with that before AEW is even involved, Warner brothers discovery gets swallowed. Well, Warner brothers swallows up discovery <laughs> and, uh, and then, they had, I can't remember on the books. I, I don't want to say a, a wrong number, but something astronomical uh, to, that they had to cut on. You know what I mean? So there goes half of that office for any redundancies, just like we've seen with WWE and, and Endeavor and we saw with NBC and uh, USA. And then you have to look at, well, what does it cost for us to run these shows? Uh, it's pretty cost effective to some degree when you got a billionaire paying for most of it. And he's kayfabing what he's losing on the live house because they don't make any money from that. So they're not worried about it. But if you have a show that is now becoming a toxic property, that doesn't look good on the books. And it looks more appealing to go, 
we can cut that show that was losing 60% and don't I look like a genius because I got rid of them when I'm the one who also signed them and told you everything was going correctly. So it's that backhanded, let's skew the metrics any way we can to fit our argument. Um, but the real proof is in the pudding that you started at 1.4 million on dynamite. We're at where? 700,000 last week. There's 50, 50% loss in four years, over four years. And we're, we're at 53% loss on our secondary shows. Um, and then our audience and last night we, we packed about 3000 into the yum center that seats 22,000. So right there, we're, uh, only at, uh, 15% capacity. And of that 15%, only 10% were probably paying customers because we did buy one, get ones. So, uh, they they couldn't even get, they couldn't even get goddamn Jim Cornette to come out to the fucking show. He was like, I'm not going out to that. Yeah. And and heat on Cornette for that too, because that would have, that would have tripled his platform this week. If he could have made peace and come out there and done something with sting and flair and, and, and people would have done, Oh my God, or fuck you Cornette and let him do a Chrome with Cornette. But instead it was cuter for him to tweet something out in his hometown, not supporting the biz no matter what, and and knowing that that they're in Cornette country and it was fucking time to get a heater moment and really pop the internet, but it was cuter to get a tweet. Fuck that, bro. If a a guy who claims to be an ambassador to this business and wants to help and, and his boys are around, but it's just too much effort to come out of your house. Like, uh, I don't find that cute, funny, or amusing. I, I find that uh, uh, a weak man. It is interesting, too, because it's in Louisville. So, I yep. mean, it's not like the people are going to fuck with Jim Cornette in his house in Louisville. They may boo him, but no one's going to fuck with him to an extent where he should be I, I, fearful. He should get heat. Absolutely, bro. Like, there should be a walkthrough where you don't even see him. You just see everybody in AEW in the back's reaction like, what the fuck? And then by the time you get to see who it is, it's Tony Khan and Jim Cornette face to face and they do the brother handshake, even though we know they really hate each other. This is great TV and we're not doing any of that because our ego is in the way, you know, and then there's more mistakes of not having the outrunners on the show, not going, ladies and gentlemen, the cast of OVW is here tonight and show them from the Netflix special where Tony is also ambassador of wrestling and isn't afraid to put over the history of OVW, Al Snow, and have them all front row right there. See, that was going to gonna be my next shit. point. That was going to be actually my next point is with the success of the wrestlers, why didn't, why wasn't there an OVW and invasion angle that started tonight? Something. Why didn't they do something with OVW? I wouldn't doubt that there is some back. To, if you watch in the one thing, and Al's completely right, where so is Matt Jones of, we want to get our people at AEW. And, and, and Al's like, I've seen this before. Matt Jones is like, what are you talking about? This is a, a huge opportunity for us. And the talent's like, I'm going to AEW because I'm going to get paid for once, right? But Al goes, no, they're going to job out our people and we're going to look secondary. And he's 100% right. Right. But if you make somebody look good on the AEW roster, that can get you a job. But then Al loses one of his major players. And that is the work of wrestling, of being in another promotion that isn't paying you and using that opportunity to then jump ship to the one that can. Instead of going, let's all get over. Let's all celebrate wrestling. So just the fact in that documentary where Al probably goes, and I've seen him do it, they're just going to job out the people we've put all this time into. And 
that enough is enough animosity to not book anybody and how ridiculous right. this petty middle school back and forth bullshit should be instead of shining everyone and having a breakdown in Louisville where OVW, Mr. Pectacular, Cashflow, fucking Haley, everybody jumps the ramp and fucking bong, 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 and Cornette and Al could be the ones that open the back door to make that happen. But everybody's got to get their little cute-ass tweets in and podcast shit and secular off in their little corner and fight everybody else instead of going... We're way stronger together to bring this shit out, bro. Good stuff. All right. Well, last topic here, because before we get into the AEW Dynamite review, no, these aren't top stories or anything. This is just something I was thinking about. So I was, uh, you know, as a talent myself, who's, uh, you know, on the younger side of the acting business, right, getting into it, uh, I'm having the privilege myself of watching some of the other seasoned actors, uh, you know, get uh, larger roles. Shout out to my boy, Greg, who just got a national commercial. So nice. it, br- it brought up this thought to myself, uh, you know, you live by the motto and you've emphasized that no doesn't mean no. It just means not right now. Not right, now. Yeah. right. So I'd like to ask you, as you've now transitioned more from a in-ring competitor now, even to a teacher, are you at a point where you don't feel like it's going to happen yet? Or how do you navigate that emotional, mental anguish that you still haven't gotten your yes when it comes to being like on a national spotlight when it comes to professional mm. <laughs> uh, Fuck this business. I'm out of here for weed. It's <laughs> how, <laughs> okay. how you do it. Uh, I, I definitely struggle with that for years. And some people who are on this island of misfit toys are broken and they really can't, bro. And uh, the worst really is... Hmm. my friends who've been to WWE and then it's gone from them. And now they've been on the shelf for even 10 years, 15 years, some of them. And they're going, you think I'll ever get my shot? You think I'll get back up there again? Like asking me, like I'm the most blackballed fucking guy there is. Right. Like, right. And, and that is what being in the bubble and the blindness of wrestling is, as opposed to going, I'm going to take my WWE stock that I fucking accrued, make myself something outside of this and then come back into it as a made man. They're just sitting there waiting for the phone call from Stanford that never comes working jobs. They hate and not being proactive when there's plenty of moves they could be making out here, but they're so inside the bubble that they just don't make them. They're waiting. They like, well, I don't want to say that on a podcast because that could ruin me down the road of, of getting a gig and coming back saying how I really feel, bro. I can't tell you a half dozen of my, my colleagues and friends that are exactly like that. And then once they finally drop that and break out and of those chains, like, man, I wish I would have done this five years ago. <laughs> yeah. When I told you five years ago, that's how it is. And as far as my own shit, I really let a lot of that go. Once we got the alleged consultancy, once I see my shit on TV, sure. I'm not making the WWE money that I would solo, but I'm not on the road. I'm not having to deal with politics. I get to write with Stevie Richards and Vince Russo, a dream trio creative team. And, um, and it was a dream at two CW with Strangler, Steve and, and Josh, you know, or, or at OVW with man beast, Adam revolver, like always art by committee that way. So, um, the fact that I, clocked that check in even when i was impact wrestling's web guy that was kind of like okay i've made it through a door uh, to at least one of the companies to earn a paycheck even though i had to sue them to get money (laughs) or or threaten to sue Uh, i won't say that because i you know 
TNA, TNA. Um, but uh, yeah, man, it, it's really tough for people to get a taste of that or get very close to it. I've seen it in developmental where guys get their contract and they never make it to the main roster. It fuck it, it will fuck them up for life, bro. It really can. Um, so, so let me my, ask. Let me. Let me go ahead. I was going to say, let me ask a follow-up then. I mean, why do you feel, I mean, you're a, a very talented entertainer, actor, comedian, professor. So what has stopped you, let's say, from maybe changing your character to fit into their mold? That's an interesting, great question too. Yeah. Um, pride, integrity, and the quest for 9-11 truth. Okay. Really? I feel like, Sure, I've done enough to represent the bad guy to let people get their PTSD out, but this shit still goes on and it's unresolved. And all those people who were murdered by their own government and uh, uh, Mossad and CIA and, and Taliban ops all working together, allegedly, over the House of Saud, none of that's come out. And if I drop that, then what have I really done? Have I played to the to my total integrity? Just, I mean, <laughs> the beard alone should show my commitment right so right. um i like playing what i have to do um everything runs its course i look at trailer park boys and think like how long has mike smith played bubbles how long has he been damon julian and ricky now a lot of actors will ever know what it's like to do a fucking 15 year commitment to a character bro. that's insane i know <laughs> and people are like well you got to evolve yeah i evolve I evolve when my bank uh, account. Oh, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Now I, well, I evolve when Edward Snowden drops and I become hacker homie and I evolve when Guantanamo Bay, you know, I evolve with all that type of shit. So uh, the ever changing Islamophobia or, you know, uh, war against Israel is always going to perpetuate what the message is of truth in the face of propaganda or just recite the propaganda so they know that it is bullshit and they can hate me for it. But um, to sorry to your original question was just being all those things is what keeps me, I think, more grounded to, to get that out. Some wrestlers just rely on, I got to make it in wrestling, bro. Let wrestling be your mistress, but earn your paycheck, work smart, not hard. Find other passions you love, how to monetize them, and then be able to pass on knowledge that you've accrued, whether it's teaching or applying it or a, an outside job altogether you might be good with numbers and finance i know like um uh dgp right yeah supernova too like uh you know like he works at a bank as a top guy too ggp right and uh and that's how you gotta not worry about wrestling paying the bills and you can love it for what it is and hopefully you keep trying to get your shot but if you put all your chips on that <laughs> That's a tough cash in unless you look like somebody like a John Cena or a Brock Lesnar, you know, that's an undeniable talent. So, well, HMG Army, you know what to do. I said it last week, and we're bringing it up again this week. Tweet <laughs> Billy Corgan, tweet the NWA, and let them know that you want the sons of Allah to come to NWA wrestling. You did a good job. I saw like nine or ten people retweeted. Do it again. I want every day. We're not giving up on this. <laughs> we're getting Ben Hameen on NWA because we're taking down Chris Silvio. He left the show. We're coming for you, Silvio. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, a lot of targets out there. I saw the Outrunners put that over. It's something we've been working for. And the Fixers, I know Wrecking Ball, Ligurski, and uh, Brad J are scared of us. So, uh, But at Billy, uh, I saw a lot of that too, all those retweets, you guys putting that out there. The You watch, though, here's how wrestling will go. Like, and you can attest to it, lie if you want. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> but, like, this is, uh, like, you, you want to see it. And I appreciate that endorsement and the call to action. But the, it'll play. Here's how it'll play in the locker room. Oh, Hameen's trying to get his people to go into business because he doesn't want to go into business for himself. So he's telling them all to tweet NWA. Like, <laughs> and now you can attest that I have not told you that. He's not told me shit. It's all me. They're not. They're not going to believe that at all. They're going to think that I'm working it. And that's where, without ever saying anything, this business will throw you under the bus when you try and fucking get anything done in public. Of like, tell NWA you want. Me. Hey. I'm a fucking ticket seller with a <laughs> the most heat in this business if you want it. And I can play it any way you want to. And it will get headlines by putting us on there. And you have our built-in audience to do it. Now, do you have the balls to? <laughs> we'll see about that. Or they'll just no-sell and act like we don't exist. Welcome to professional wrestling. You know what to do, HMG Army. Let them know. Email them. Email them. Send private emails. Send private DMs. You have to. Let's go. Let's get it. Let's get Ben on. Yeah, I don't understand. I don't understand why they wouldn't. Why they wouldn't do that? And they got James Mitchell doing lines yeah. of coke with strippers up at the top, bro. We don't want the terrorist heat, but let's chop up some yayo real quick. Uh, Frank's pickle barrel asks us some stiff points here. Ben shows up with genocide. <laughs> That'd be NWA heat right there. <laughs> <Woo>. <laughs> That would be stiff. That would be stiff. Uh, and uh, I'll throw the That's shout good. out for Lucha Underground. I see guys leaving MLW too. I don't know if there's heat behind the scenes there, but it seems like some guys were pumped to get signed there and then they've been more pumped to leave. But I haven't heard of any bad politics or bad locker room or bad biz dealings. But it, the, when you see people jumping shit from Impact or from MLW that without saying anything, something's going on you know with impact i i get it i've heard it a hundred different times but uh welcome to pro wrestling where <laughs> it's not just the fantasy in the ring it's the fantasy that everybody's successful wealthy and gets along well <laughs> oh my fantasy now is for genocide to call me uh ladies and gentlemen that is going to be your first 30 <laughs> minutes here on the light the fuse let's go ahead and let's get in to the aew dynamite review aew dynamite has been mentioned Louisville, Kentucky here, November the 1st, 2020. 4400 Shepherdsville Road, home of the hungry. Oh, we're not at the Davis Arena tonight. We're at the Yum Center with uh, roughly 3,000 fans. Uh, I don't know, man. Like, to watch production-wise, I was thinking of you because all they had was push in, push out on the crane, one sweeping hook, and then floor cam up or hard cam push in, push out because they could not shoot opposite side at all, right? Yeah. Like a lot of like push, cut, zoom, pan up, cut, and pull out, and then zoom again. I was just like, oh, that's all we got for these tricks right now. Uh, yeah, and I was going to actually – I was going to touch on that a little bit later. So before we get there, they I did like that they at least started with a recap to start the show – Kind of saying, hey, here's what you missed on Collision if you didn't watch this MJF and Omega match, which we just discussed. Only 400,000 people watched, so nobody did watch that match. Um, as well as they recapped last week. Uh, so I thought they did a better job of at least kind of recapping some of the storylines for tonight's show. Uh, it started out with uh, MJF uh, and backstage once again with Renee asking about 
once again, finding other three tag team partners. He's holding the clipboard. All of a sudden, Adam Cole shows up on a video monitor. They have a conversation, and then MJF exits after then the kingdom comes in, and then Adam Cole hangs up, and that's how we ended the segment to start off this show. How did you feel with this opening again this week with MJF and Renee? Uh, we're opening with talking. <laughs> I don't like it. It's the same thing I bashed WWE for on uh, Friday and on Monday. Uh, we need an exciting incident. And when you want to start, start in the, here's an easy improv trick of uh, getting rid of all the predicated bullshit. Start in the middle of a scene. The audience will catch up. They will understand what's going on. When we have to do intro to players with questions and da 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 all we're waiting for is get there get there please get there and then once we get there we're like okay now i'm interested in the scene but usually right when they get there is when they button it so this scene gets predicated predicated da, da, da. should have just started off with uh you know adam coming in right before they even ask any questions not that we can't have dialogue in show don't tell but what is the actual heart of the scene the heart of the scene is interruption exiting with frustration and uh, a lack of continuity between all the characters uh, being on the same page together, right? Yeah. So let's start with that. And then what's the fallout? Not the buildup. The, all that shit can be cut. So start in the middle of your scenes, and we can start with the action of what it is. So, yeah. Um, That's a good call out. No, I like that. I mean, even when, like, if I equate that to acting, when we practice, like, monologues or with our scene partners, we're never starting at the beginning of the scene. You're just starting somewhere in the middle of it, and it's my job as the actor to emotionally get you to understand what is going on in that scene. They're going right? to understand that something happened leading up to that if you start intense. Right right if we're if we're right in the middle of that of what and even if they don't know you know the backstory you've invented the backstory and that's going to drive the emotion to get to the first line of where i am in this in this journey as opposed to like let me lay it all out for you right. but then al snow would say you got to make it simple digestible of the first time somebody might be tuning in so we got to cover what happened last week i agree and disagree with that you can show that based on how you start this scene and what you reference going back to that week. You don't got to recap everything to show them and spoon feed them. The, we need to know that our, our audience, that they're either with it or they've never seen it before at all. There's no like check in, check out bullshit. So I think this is underutilizing all these players. Uh, Adam Cole's beard looks like shit, and it's fucking ridiculous to have grown men walking around with giraffes and whatnot. But here's the thing is Roderick Strong is getting over for one reason. Why? Commitment to the bit. No matter how bad the bit is, if you stick with it and you don't drop it, it can be an annoyance bit. It can be a jump the shark bit. And then we can go away from it. And then right when we need it most, one well-placed Adam will fucking mean everything. Right. So, like Vicky Guerrero's excuse me. Yes, exactly. Exactly that. And when you need it. So you have to play the bit out. I'll give him his props for doing that with the neck brace. He never should have wrestled and done the fucking Oh, I put the neck brace on back after I'm fine, right? Never right. should have had that match. Should just have been in the fucking wheelchair doing that the entire time. So we broke the game a little bit, but we've been back on it, and that alone will get him over because of the respect he's playing it out with. 
Shout out to you guys here in the Hami Media Group uh, YouTube page, as well as wherever you're watching. We've got 34, 35 strong right now. So I got 39 over here, 39. pal. God damn. Jeez, All right. Christ. Also, shout out to J12. I appreciate you checking out the South Park reviews while you wash mm-hmm. your car. Thank you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Well, let's move on to our first match of the night. It, uh, it started with uh, International Championship, Orange Cassidy taking on Claudio. And now, of course, this is a result, as we have found out over the last week, that Brian Danielson now has a broken orbital mm. bone. So yeah, he will at least be out probably till February or March of next year. Um, so now in retaliation for the Blackpool Combat Club, Claudio decided to get some revenge. However, he came up short in this match. Orange Cassidy picks up the victory. It ends afterwards with Mox coming out, beating down Orange, while Claudio, while looking on frustrated, let Mox continue the beat down and then remove the security from the ring. What did you think of the match to start this event off? Yeah, really impressive. I mean, Claudio is just a, a wrestler's wrestler when it comes to physique and technique. Um, the you know exactly what it should have been for the louisville audience uh not get your shit in spot fest in the opening match showcased his strength and and he put a beating on uh orange pretty much 80 percent of the time yeah. so um that's good because orange cassidy's going over so you give the other guy that much of the match that means it means something when you slip over on him and he did he didn't beat him clean he just slipped over on him with a reverse out and quick pin and get the frig out of there so you're not burying claudio because he looks like you know fucking uh a statue pretty much uh, you know michelangelo and um I, I thought it was a good match and that Claudio's willing to do business. You know what I mean? Instead of going, this guy could never beat me. Well, here's how anybody can beat anybody. And, and it meant something because orange Cassidy was on the cell that entire time. Then his win meant something. I thought it was very well done. Uh, and I think both these guys are super athletic in their own way. Even if orange doesn't look like it standing next to uh, Claudio, he, he did what he needed to do there and to be on the cell and getting his ass kicked the entire time. Get me Claudio Ravioli, pal. Says, yeah, get me some goddamn Chef Boy RD Deuce. <laughs> after, all right. So after this, we then went backstage, MJF now, and the whole premise of MJF's story, which they did a better job this week threading his story as he's looking for a partner. So he knocks on Omega's door to start, and we see Jericho answer. He then smiles and slams the door in MJF's face. Now, at first, I was a little confused. Like, what the fuck is Jericho doing in the locker room? Because I didn't see that announcement that they were going to be in a tag team match tonight. Mm. Maybe that was announced on Rampage or on Collision. But then later on, when they had the match, I went, oh, okay, that makes sense why he slammed the door. It was just a little confusing at first. Yeah, uh, I guess you got to be in on the whole 360 of it, too. To me, it right. just was like... I get it. These guys had a feud in the past. Cute. Waka waka. Off we go. You know? Right. And here's Uh, the thing where I thought was stupid as shit. Apparently every talent who deems themselves over in AEW gets their own dressing room. Yeah. (laughs) Everybody's got their own fucking dressing room. Everyone's that much of an asshole that they have to have a private dressing room. Well, you know, these are, these are how the things are working out these days. (laughs) Um, <laughs> all right. So following this, we went backstage again now to Mox. Mox is cutting a promo about Orange Cassidy. This is a full beer. He's going to beat him with an inch of his life. So apparently this match is now made. That's the, the, the another thing that I've been gathering here the last couple weeks is even though Tony Khan's back there, everybody can just kind of make their own matches. 
nobody, you know, and then the graphic appears. So like, yeah. it's, it's, it's that easy here at AEW. Yeah. This was interesting just cause he said how recently it's hard for him to stay on the wagon or keep yeah. from falling off the wagon. And then this kind of had some subtle undertones of that, of I'm sick, everybody here and they're all bullshit and da da da. Well, what happened to death jitsu in the Blackpool combat club? Now I'm just sick and tired of this shit and I'm ready to go on vacation. Finally, like none of it had a, a ton of continuity and him just throwing around flight cases and shit like that. And that was my match. That was my match. Well, aren't you in the crew with your boy there? So why didn't he just go, Hey man, you want to fuck him up? You fuck him up, bro. I'll take the night off. So you're pissed that you didn't get a match and your boy didn't got beat. I don't know, man. Like if anybody should be pissed, it, the, the scene should be, let's start in the middle. The scene should be Claudio backstage flipping flight cases. Yeah. Up comes Moxley and is like, brother, brother, this is not how the fuck we do this shit in the BBC. And be like, and then turn the camera. You just signed your own death warrant because it's death jitsu for you next week. You don't do this to my boy. You don't embarrass us. And I'm going to embarrass your ass. Like, show the frustration of losing to orange Cassidy when you're a stud like him show that Moxley is the leader and he's got to try and calm him down and then set it up for the revenge of what just happened again. So Ron Ben Shlomo makes a good point. I know that the vet does not like the authority figure stuff, but AEW shows why it's needed in a show like this. Adam Pierce or not like him or not. He is highly underappreciated in my opinion. That's well, we did. We did have a great authority figure uh, who I managed for a year because out comes Pat Buck (laughs) a little later to be like, Hey, Pat Buck says, fuck, fuck. No, pal. <laughs> not on Pat Buck's lot. Not so on I, Pat I Buck. And people were like, uh, in the chat last night. So we should kick Pat Buck's ass. I go, dude, when he was in the scene with Cher or Charlotte Flair and, uh, uh, Ronda Rousey, they beat the fuck out of Buck, dude. They stiffed him hard in the face. And I think he quit the next week. I think it was leading into WrestleMania. So Buck's not uh, immune to getting punched in the face by talent backstage, dude. Next up, ROH six-man championship match, Mogul Embassy versus the Elite, a.k.a. the Hung Bucks. Um, this match ended with Swerve coming out to distract Hangman. So Hangman chased after him, allowing the Mogul Embassy to gain the advantage of a three-on-two. They pick up the victory. Uh, while this was going on, then afterwards they cut to Hangman and Swerve fighting backstage, and as you mentioned, it was broken up by Pat Buck and all of them. Mm-hmm. Matt then snaps at ringside using a chair to get his aggression out. Excalibur mentioned that the Mogul Embassy waited to use their match contract. So again, another point of question I have, this is what I wrote down, is AEW now allowing rematch clauses as well as can wrestlers just save these rematch clauses and use them whenever they want? I wish I haven't gotten any of my immortal title rematch clauses <laughs> fulfilled yet. I just keep getting fucked out of, out of everything. Uh, here's the big problem. Matt, you were back last week and as homecoming king of HMG. What did we see on Dynamite last week from Swerve and uh, Hangman Page? Uh, well, we saw Swerve leave. He went to his he went to Hangman Page's home to attack him and or I guess threaten his family and baby. We saw Hangman run out of the arena with no explanation, and then we followed up this week with this. With with a match where Hangman is. So what should we do if we're gonna start in the middle? Hangman Page makes it home. Oh. We we could have we could have seen that footage or what have you, and his wife's holding the baby and crying, or we see some 
uh, cop footage, you know what I mean, from a body cam of yep. just his wife. And then Swerve rolls up in a fucking dope car and gets out like laughing. And out of nowhere, boom, Paige should be on him in the parking lot. Did a home invasion, and we're at my kid's crib. Through so through your merch, <laughs> my kid, and and now what are we doing? When's when's the next time we see you? It's a match against guys that weren't even involved with it. That's a problem. Yeah, another That's thing. A problem I- in kind. Hey, come do a home invasion. Fucking go in my kid's b- bedroom. But uh, hold on, I got a six man real quick. You know, or you know, you've got you've. I mean, I'm not. I know they're in Louisville, but they had a week. I don't know. You could have flown Hangman out to Seattle, and you could have done something at Swerve's house out there. Or Hangman comes out there to embarrass him in Seattle. You came to my house. I'm coming to your house. They, right? They've made this uh, an issue with Swerve twice. They've done the same thing. That is bad continuity. Right, right idea, right execution, zero follow up. Right. We had Swerve and Ar Fox go to uh, the Wayne. Buddy Wayne Wrestling yeah. Academy fucking killed him left him laying in a pool of his own blood after <laughs> gigging him with a picture of his dad they smashed over him the next week match We're fine. We're <laughs> match bro you can't do blood feud death cult kidnap your fucking baby level <laughs> shit and then pay it off with well i pinned his fit his shoulders to the mat one two three like th- these are the big big problems and <laughs> Your your EVPs are involved in this. That well, that's a that's a big issue, bro. If they can't see the difference in the level of, well, we're dropping the titles because he ran out. He ran out because he's pissed at him and he left us two on three. So now the hung bucks got split up because of a misdirection spot. Nope. Nope. The story is that you were standing over the fucking kids' cradle, and now this is an obsessed, crazy dad. And there even never even should have been this six man shit to start with, bro. And you put it on the ROH guys that aren't on TV week to week. All those guys look awesome. There's money. <laughs> Brian right. Cage, big Samoans. Like, yeah, they look bad as fuck. And sure, they should beat the young bucks when Cage isn't there. But this is like D level of the storyline we should be telling as how we mix all these pieces together, bro. They're in a swerve, swerve and hangman are in a movie right now. And when what we saw this week did not continue the movie, it was a wrestling show. Yeah. And, and it's just like, as, as I pointed out, uh, as far as the rematch clauses are concerned as well, it, it's it started in August where after three and a half or almost four years, Tony storm, she gets a rematch clause. She uses it for a four way. Uh, then we go to last week where out of nowhere, Kenny Omega, who has not been the AEW World Heavyweight Champion for two years, gets to use his rematch clause. Just out of nowhere. Just out of nowhere. And then tonight, oh, we waited an hour before AEW Dynamite started. And then we enacted our ROH six-man world championship rematch clause just to, you know, throw the bucks off to make sure they couldn't prepare. Can for I it. cash in my immortal heavyweight and tag team title? rematch clause in order to get a tbs title match dip in donuts uh dd are you here like can we it, this I mean, uh, <laughs> that's gonna be brother jonas's shot right there oh, okay. yeah i'll even face sheeta give me the women's title i don't <laughs> know uh you know like uh yeah dude it's ridiculous where they just pull some of these things out of their ass or don't understand like that's a heavy stakes thing to be doing a home invasion and then not follow it up the next week in fact all those things should have been shot 
last week right so we just play it play it play it play it play it right like when hangman gets home you know they were way far away so it wouldn't have been real like within 40 you minutes you know you don't remember when brian pillman and brought a gun out and the next week they did nothing with it they didn't but it should have but it should have been this if you wanted to like right? hangman 48 hours later where if if somebody came and busted in your house with your family what are the next 48 hours gonna look like me getting a bunch of guns and ammo and securing the place yeah and sitting on the front fucking porch and not sleeping big pot yeah. of coffee you know what i mean yeah, yeah. And, and that's the promo that's the cowboy promo bro you're right you're right there was no cowboy promo instead he was thrust into a six-way match and then ran away and ran and away you, ran out of his you, friends yeah and if you wanted to do it do it yellowstone way now he's kevin costner you don't have him look directly at the camera you have his brother-in-law his dad his uncle her father the neighbor right yeah and, and he's just telling him all right boys like i appreciate you guys being here but i i just gotta you know until next week with the pay-per-view i don't know what these fuckers are capable of so so jimmer i want you out there on the south corner uh dad i'm gonna have you up on the roof over there if you see anything all right shine the light like show him given show don't tell right. we can have words we just don't need people on watch like show him being the boss to fucking put guys in the right spot because he's worried about his family's safety and then his wife do you really think this is necessary honey for my peace of mind it is necessary this week right you know no, that's good good points there ben well next up here we cut backstage now to see mjf again once again looking for a partner knocks on samoa joe's door oh he goes to him sorry but he doesn't then he passes <laughs> i by. always I like wonder him. sorry i gotta put this is this the is the swerve show is this really swerve scott and the and the crew in here watching uh light the fuse so uh, you know i'm always like ah i hate to shit on a swerve segment because he, he tries his goddamn best it's just the follow-up and the quality of the continuity and directing that chaps my ass where i'm like man the fuck but then the the wrestling paranoia is, is that swerve scott in the chat as i talk <laughs> shit about his segment <laughs> well first of all uh, i mean we we're not shitting but, on swerve no, we're shitting no, on he, the writing right and the production yeah, of how a, enough of a professional that he could take the constructive criticism for what it is i'm not being like fuck them they suck here's what it could be as opposed to here's what it was well, I'm from Seattle, so I'm biased. Whose house? Who's house? <laughs> um, <laughs> moving on, as I mentioned, backstage again, we see MJF knocks. He goes to knock on Joe's door, doesn't. Then he sees Darby Allen's name. I like this. He pulled the sign off the door and writes emo bitch on it and then says loser. <laughs> Starts to walk away. Now we see the acclaimed once again, this time with a sign. Max Caster's holding his sign says, pick us, Max. And then Mac MJF walks past them once again. Um, yeah, I mean, a, a little wrestle crap to have grown men doing this. Pick us, Max. Fanboy, homoerotic, whatever, with Billy Gunn standing in the back. But, you know, so it's wrestling. We're going to have wrestle crap. I don't mind it. Yeah, and I don't, and again, I, I at least applaud them that they threaded the storyline throughout the whole show. I agree. I agree with that. Thank you for that. Yep. Because last week they they did six part thirty minutes, yeah. thirty minutes. So at least this week they chopped it up. So somebody probably go, let's not do that again, please. Well, from ones from something positive we're talking about, let's move into something that left me going, what the fuck just happened? Uh, next up, we had Tony Schiavone. He introduces Adam Copeland. Tony begins the interview, asks about Sting and Darby. Adam puts over Tony Escal and I'm sorry, Tony Schiavone. Once again, uh, I like the quips here. Excalibur and Taz mentioned that they 
that Adam must have slipped him a hundred dollar bill to say that. That being Tony Schiavone, <laughs> yeah. and then he scoffs that there's a t- Tony Champ breaking out. Mm-hmm. Um, Adam continued on about Sting's offer. He referenced, I like that they called this back. Reference that he goes last week when Sting said we go way back. Some people might have been confused. We go back because of our injuries over the year. We've spent a lot of time at the same places for physical treatment, stuff like that. Okay, good. You explained it to me. Thank you. Uh, then Cage and his goons come out. Uh, Cage threatens Adam that if he accepts Sting's offer, he's going to break Adam's neck. Dino Man and Nick Wayne then try to jump Adam, but in the midst of fighting Sting and Darby, I'm sorry, in the midst of fighting Sting and Darby make the save. Uh, and then uh, it ends with Adam spearing Christian and then accepting and Sting, Sting and Darby's offer to take on Cage and his goons at full gear. Okay. Here's what I did not like about this match. I was liking it so far. I'm like, okay, this is pretty good. It's decent, whatever. Then after, what was it? Dino Man and Nick Wayne attack Christian, or attack Edge, and they got Edge laying on the ground. And I watched Christian. I'm like, don't touch him. Don't touch him. Don't touch him. And then he picks up Edge's head. And I was like, okay, okay, whatever. Don't touch him, though. Don't hit it. Somebody make the save. And then it ended with Edge spearing Christian. I'm like, what the fuck, dude? Why are, why are they touching? First of all, you could be building the six-man match. Then you get to the six-man match, and Edge still doesn't get his hands on Christian. And then you continue to build to when Edge finally gets his hands on Christian. They just Absolutely. blew it all right there. I don't understand. Absolutely. That's the time for heels to get heat. Yeah. They got him down. If anybody was going to get him off of there, that that's Darby doing something crazy, right, to, like, get Christian out of there and being reckless to, with his own body to protect Edge. Not Edge to, like, well, I guess I'm going to hit the spear right here. Like and give them the payoff of what yeah. everybody wants, dude. Um, so that that was uh, I agree. And what's tough about that is it's all high level players who should know better. That's well, no, Aaron. I don't expect logic from Tony, but I expect logic from Christian and Edge who were in that yeah. fucking scene. That's what I yeah, expect dude. the logic from, dude. Right? They, Why they are we touching? Know. We should not be yeah. touching. No, we haven't. Like, we haven't been in the te- ring together for a decade. That you know? it's gonna or and. and yeah, instead of the spear hitting, somebody grabs Christian, pulls him out of the way, and gets him out of there, right? Like just, right. R- just before, instead of instead of hitting it. Yeah, dude, that was absolutely the wrong call right there, dude. You know, so um, I don't know uh, how that's getting over, and it's tough to talk shit about Edge and Christian because they absolutely should know that. Uh, J12 uh, Taz was popping me last night. He was brother. I don't, I don't scissor with any man. <laughs> he was, <laughs> he was hot about scissoring last night and didn't a four way scissor Jones. Uh, all that shit got me. brother. Um, but yeah, dude, uh, I, I don't Shout know. There, there was girl ass, $5 yeah. uh, donation here. Oh, dude. Appreciate oh, wow. You, big, big $5 super sticker from Frank. Appreciate you, homie. Um, doing the Cena promo commercial was cool. Well, yeah. I mean, uh, Taz is absolutely killing. It. He does not give a shit. And I like, uh, I like that he's free flowing with the, with the, the quick jokes and having a good time out there it really makes the show in the moment as opposed to like somebody's in my ear with pre-prime bullshit. And it was her vengeance. She was the genius of the sky. Like all these things you got to hear Corey Graves say, uh, you know, it's just absolutely brutal. And at least Taz is just like scissor me Jones. <laughs> like nobody's telling him to say that. Yeah. I mean, thinking about it, I was like, you know, if it, if Christian had got his hands on Edge and Edge didn't get to spear him, I still would have been okay with that because I would have like, okay, Edge still needs to get his hands. He's still now he's even more pissed. Now he has yeah. a reason to actually fight Christian because he's been saying, "I'm not going to fight you." 
that, well, so that's you, what the crowd should want is get that son of a bitch and all oh, they just took it away until we do finally get it. Right. Instead, they gave it to him and now like, oh, don't worry. He only got him with one spear in the match. He's going to get him with five. Like, oh, great. Right. Great. It's going to take five to pin him anyway. Got the, uh, the dogs of yeah. war back there. <laughs> <laughs> um, after this, uh, we went to our next match. It was a ta- oh wait I'm so, I wait I got I got to hold our horses here, ladies and gentlemen. We've I I I I'm sorry I apologize. We got a big announcement here. Tony Khan. Yeah. Makes a huge announcement. A big Annie. Wembley 2024. We're coming back. Get your tickets now. Buy Christmas tickets for all your friends and family. What is up with like Dixie Jacksonville guy here? Just like every week, I got a huge announcement. Not even that, dude. It wasn't nine more days. It was nine more months. Nine more months. Nine months from now, you can get tickets. You can get tickets now for nine months from now in Wembley. Uh, if it did even say it was Wembley, I think they just said we're coming back to the UK. And they put up the uh, record-breaking 81,000 sold. When it's not, it's 72. So, like, everyone's ribbing Will Ospreay again because of the bullshit number they put up there and why they would do that and go, we're going to catch hell for this if we put up 81K from botches, right? Like, they just don't stop. I don't know why Don Stevens allows this shit, you know? Like, constantly making these amateur hour errors and – Tony smiling and then just like looking at Nigel, like, and now Nigel, I've said all I can say, you pitch it. Like Tony should have been there the whole time. It's all him, not for Nigel to be the spokesman just because he's a UK guy. The one thing I took away from this whole segment is that Tony Khan's mom is a psychopath for putting up her Christmas tree in July. (laughs) Okay. I was like, what? What? July? I, put it, I, I did. I last night I said that too because Christmas is one of my least favorite holidays. But like, uh, you know, there are people who are year round. But then I thought, well, she did almost pass away. So maybe they were just getting a Christmas in. So I didn't uh, want to hit them. Now more. I feel bad. <laughs> but, but, but there is the part of that that chances are based on the way that he acts she very well may be a psychopath who just wanted christmas trees up in july well, then your you mom's know, a so. psychopath your parents are psychopath elizabeth, elizabeth <laughs> in the chat room I, yeah some people bad. have a whole christmas rooms in their house so they just keep up year round. i think foley does and i think uh uh jerry lawler has a whole christmas room in, in his house so he keeps up i mean i like christmas but not that much jesus yeah, well, I thought I thought every day that Tony wakes up, wakey wakey, and gets out of bed, and there's a new present for him under the tree. Every day is Christmas at the Khan house. Oh, I thought you were gonna go in. A, <laughs> I thought you were gonna go in a different way. Every day is a snow day for Tony Khan. Ah, <laughs> points. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, good stuff. <laughs> Tag team matchup next: Daddy Magic and Cool Hand Parker versus Jericho and Omega. This was a quick six seven minute match. Jericho hit the Judas effect on Parker after he tried to use the bat on him um don callison cut a promo after the match challenges them to a street fight in ontario in two weeks on dynamite and then here's what i wrote down and then calls them dummies the fuck jericho points out how dumb it is by telling them omega oh boy he just called us dummies and then omega tops this by calling callus numb nuts so you know middle school provocation in full force yeah i uh, think there was a stupid head in there too stupid head. Uh, you smelly poopy person 
Yeah, dude. Uh, brutal. And even when Don Callis goes, the most famous wrestling family in the history of wrestling. Like, they've been together two weeks. I can't even name the Australian kid in back. <laughs> shit. Like, uh, I do like Takashita, his look and being menacing, though. He is a good stage picture guy. And I think there's a lot of money right on that, dude. Hobbs as well, obviously, right? Um, but this popped me because this is how it, maybe it's just in their blood. When I, when I work Crossfire, you know, in Ontario, it's like going back to 1995. All the guys are real big men's men uh, of who you're going to wrestle and work there. But the crowd is like, you chicken, <laughs> you know, it, it's really, and they're into it. Like they think that's like the, the, it's the nicest of Canada. So like when I have three Canadians out there from upper Canada and he goes dummy, like he's not really trying to do dummy. Yeah. Or anything like that. Right. I think they really believe that's like a, you fucking cocksucker. <laughs> like, you know, like that, they, they think it's that level of insult. Uh, even though he calls them out on it, you know, instead of calling them something else, but this was just silly back and forth for an Ontario street fight. What's that mean? Put your jacket and gloves on and take a shovel with you and get the walks done while you're out there. Like no, nobody you're going to, you're going to hit him with a Tim Hortons. Like, <laughs> uh, like there, there's nothing that makes any sense or is even funny or willful here. And that really the match is a complete gloss over in this, you know, yeah, just was- to get to this weird standoff of putting the Canadians together. You know, right, how if I was going to do anything, what, what is starting right now? Season wise football's midway through baseball's ending right now is fucking NBA and hockey, right? You got three Canadians. You got something for Canada. Why the fuck is this not a slap nuts slap shot special? I don't care. Whatever it is. If we beat you, we tie Don Callis to a pole and get to rip hockey pucks at his nuts. Half a dozen a piece, whatever the fuck it is like. They're they're not even playing into the real Canadian side of stuff. That they I mean, do. if you want to go wrestle crap too, right? They're on TNT. Why don't you have some sort of Christmas story match or whatever, where the loser has to stick their tongue on the pole or whatever? I don't know something, but you could fight on ice. It. Yeah, fight, fight on, on ice. ice. You go. No, nobody's got skates on, and you fucking go out there slipping and sliding. Yeah, everyone's gonna bust their ass and take shitty bumps. But you know, you could do some walk a walk with it. But like, really none of this has any stakes they're making the stakes right there and it was as stupid as i'm all slam wwe paul Heyman gets in the ring with john cena after cena panders i'm afraid i might lose you guys for the first time <laughs> what, what what is seen what is uh Heyman's rebuttal about trying to get the samoan spike over you're the best communicator aside from me and you're gonna lose your ability to communicate oh that's what I'm supposed to buy. And please don't let John Cena get hit in the throat so he can't communicate with us. Any like, what the fuck are these stakes? When did you see ever see this in any piece of media in history? The only person that I ever got sad from, and this is how far they'd have to take it for that, is two people who lost communication. Who's the best promo possibly in the history of wrestling? Uh, oh, manager wise, I'll say. Manager wise. There's only one. I mean, Bobby the Bobby Brain, the brain Heenan. Heenan. Yeah. yeah, that's what I was going to say. The and what brain, happened yeah. to him? Yeah, he lost his voice. He lost a full jaw cancer, right? Yeah. Same thing with Val Kilmer, right? They put oh. him in the new, right? Yeah. And that, that movie, 
that's how far you got to take it with this. <laughs> Cena needs to have that right fucking cane voice box thing if you're going to make it about that. Otherwise, we're just doing some stupid fucking wrestling talk that's never going to pay off and that nobody believes because nowhere in the history of the world did this fucking actually happen in man's DNA that they can relate to it. Well, the segment ends with... Uh... Don or with Kenny Omega and Jericho accepting Don Callis's match in two weeks. So it's going to be what we have to assume Don Callis. It's either going to be Sammy Guevara or they're going to bring back Will Ospreay along with Kyle Fletcher, Will Hobbs and take a shit taking on Jericho Omega. Omega announces Abushi, And as we kind of threw out there as one of the options for the fourth man, it is the big show, AKA Paul white. Um, I thought his appearance was interesting. He just, came out and stood there um but that's all you need to do when you're a giant so i'm okay with that as well right yeah and buddy came up and fed for a great punch true sold one knockout blow that was the best part of like i got hit by a giant and knocked out it's that easy kids it's that fucking easy it's not light bulbs and through the tables and on the tacks and color in the first match it's there's a giant run at him got hit with one i'm out envelopes the same (laughs) <laughs> right like you got him over so uh yeah i don't know if big shows the in shape to do this but it's a street fight which are usually the easiest so he can just stand on the outside and do a couple spots as they try and break them down um you know the, the, this is also the sickness of wrestling guys can never let go <laughs> so i mean we know the fact that it's it's paul white and i get it you know they don't want to confuse the the narrative if you will of jericho's friendship with him but if they've trademarked Captain Athena, why didn't he come out as Captain Athena? You know I know. I mean? And not even that. Uh, I would have made it an eight-man. And if you were going to have Captain Insano and you really want to pop the rating and you want to get somebody. You bring him I would, in. I would, I, would, I would fucking go get him. Yep, go I get would, Happy Gilmore. Go yeah, get Adam Sandler. And, yeah. and he doesn't even come in. He doesn't even come in as Adam Sandler. He comes in as Happy Gilmore. He or he comes in water boy. He comes in water boy. It's water boy. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Sorry, yeah. No, no, Happy Gilmore. Uh, yeah. As as Bobby Boucher. Bobby Boucher. Right? Yeah. And and you, you remember you when Bobby Boucher showed up at AEW Dynamite? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely, bro. Absolutely. And he hits a big spear on one of them, like a big hit, and that's all you need from him, bro. So you know that that's that they're it's right there. If you're gonna spend the money. And you want it, and then there, who's the fourth partner going to be? And then Captain Insano goes, I know somebody. <laughs> and then you cut to the Bobby Boucher promo that he's coming a week out, and the whole fucking world goes nuts that Adam Sandler's going to be. I mean, we, could, I mean, we could even go further because it was Tony and the Giant in the fucking movie. So we could, we could, they could make it look like it's an old school backstage interview. You start with, how old are you, kid? Six, seven, eight. Yeah. It ends with them laughing, and then we fucking then go we go fast forward, and now Adam Sandler's all grown up, Bobby Boucher, and he finally yep. gets to meet Captain Insano. Yeah, yeah, uh, all that shit, all that shit. So much, so good. It's so we have all that money, and you're missing out to take advantage of this. Um, oh, when you don't have creative meetings, when you don't have, I, and I saw that this past week. Word from inside AEW. Well, they know about where they want to go, but they don't know the roadmap for long-term stories. So we're kind of week to week. That's a huge fucking problem, bro. Huge problem that can be easily resolved with a little consultation. One meeting a week, two hours, 
lay it out six weeks. Here's what it is. Here's where cards subject to changes. Here's some uh, cool big money ideas that are going to get you over a million, get you and keep you over a million week to week, not one week and then back down to 700,000. But until, uh, you know, you make that call, you're going to keep on getting 40, 50% value. All Adam Sandler would have to, he wouldn't even have to get in the ring. All he'd have to do is come out and he, all he'd have to do is poke Don Callis in the eye and Don Callis, he poked me in the eye. Captain yep. Dano shows no mercy. Like that's yeah, Binks squirt somebody with a water bottle, low blow on somebody. Absolutely. Uh, if I was really going to do it, is she still alive? I would have Kathy Bates at ringside. She's still alive. Yep. Yeah. I would have Kathy Bates there. He holds her. She slaps somebody. Right, fucking gives them the big crank. We got Vicky Valencourt. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm gonna win this one for you, Vicky Valencourt. Yeah, you can do all that shit, dude. If you want to do a big kiss at the end and tie it all right back in the movie, and that alone could be enough for Adam Sandler to go. We're doing a wrestling movie. Bobby Boucher's coming back as a tag team with Captain Insano, and off to the fucking races we go. Waterboy too. Water what the Boy fuck too? do I know? What do you know? I don't know. Uh, well, speaking of continuity and them not having any, we brought it up earlier. They were at Kenny Omega's locker room, but now we're backstage with Renee, who's interviewing Kenny Omega and Chris Jericho with the Bucks in the same locker room. It ends with a heated argument about the fact that the elite or the Bucks saying what Matt's saying, what's the point of the elite getting back together if nobody's going to have each other's back? And then he says, enjoy the locker room, and he leaves. So I'm like, what fucking locker room are you guys in? Did the Bucks get done with the match and then just walk into Omega and Jericho's locker room? Are they in fucking the Bucks locker room and you're letting they're in Jericho the, they're in the Bucks locker room? Okay. Yeah. Well, See, I, I like this little scene because I like right. Maddie's uh, sarcasm. Uh, I didn't mind. That. I, was just, I was just confused on where they were. That's all. Yeah, because it, it was the elite. They got back together, so the top guys got theirs, and now this guy's in there. So whatever. But that's a side of. Matt, you usually don't see. And even when they, there's been enough drama in these locker rooms, you know, ribbing themselves a little bit there. But when he does the walkout that way, that was interesting dissension between them all. I liked it. It's just, if you're going to set up the scene earlier in the night with MJF knocking on Omega's door, then that's where I think you're at later on in the night if you're in Omega. I don't disagree with that. I so don't they disagree just, with if, that. It should have just had Renee then walking up to hey, let's go into the Bucks locker room and oh what are you guys doing here something simple they would have taken five ten seconds that's all just to yeah can kill the confusion that I yeah. had. Well, um, it should have been that scene cut. She's on the outside door opens. She tries to get a word with Matt and Nick. They blow her off. Walk by her. Out comes uh, Omega to chase them, and then he gets the outline right there, right. and you see the confusion on everybody. We could have buttoned that scene a little bit better, but I didn't mind the, hey, enjoy it, pal. No, no, that's yours. You got it. Oh, yeah, I liked it. I liked it. I was like, oh, great. Looks like we're finally turning the Bucks back heel because they're kind of getting stale, and they're not really doing anything right now in the program. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, then we went to Willow versus Sheeta for the AEW Women's Championship. Um, I my My first question was, is, this is the because the, they mentioned this is her third time defending it in seven days. Uh, why isn't Chris Datlander the TBS champion defending the title on TBS every week on Dynamite? Like, why are why are they not showcasing her? I, I, it's very that's confusing. Sheeta won. And what are your thoughts on the match? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, Willow Nightingale's doing everything she can with what she's given. You know what I mean? So I yeah. can't fault, fault her by any means. I'm gonna be pumped on the sheet then for sure. But 
you just go out and do what you're what you're asked of, I guess. And Sheena needs get over matches before we introduce a new heel. So this match was kind of baby baby. There was a lot of really bad strikes in it and a lot of stuff fundamentally that looked really ugh, on camera. Um, so hopefully they watch their tape back and tighten some of that up a little bit. But um, yeah, this is just uh, to, to keep Sheeta on the role as champion. Yep, so Sheeta wins. Now, after the match is concluded, Tony Storm comes out. She's in black and white while Sheeta yeah. is still in color. Sheeta runs yep. down the ramp, chases after Tony, and then she does cross into the black and white. So yep. I put, I put, man, they were so close. If they had just given us the wide shot of her running from color into black and white, it would have been perfect. But kudos for at least executing the idea. I and agree. As we just, and as we discussed, there was only 4,000 fans in the arena. So the idea itself might have been harder to pull off if it visually wouldn't have looked good with that wide shot. Sure. I did. Uh, I did ask Josh last week when he was in Philly and he said, Tony coming out when she was, you know, not in black and white for the live audience, obviously, but they said, he said they ate that up. They loved it. So they seem to have the same reaction here. Um, she did a great selling all over on the floor. It was overdone, but it was overdone the right way very uh, gone with the wind melodrama i liked it um and yeah i like that they did that too they're just a couple production tricks maybe we could work on in a production meeting and tighten up to go Ooh, that was cool now next week though if they do not show me a silent film with sheeta in tony storm's universe i'm gonna be very disappointed sheeta in tony storm's universe. she ran yeah. into the black and white at the end of that so she crossed yeah. over into her universe now right I, i've been trying to think of like who can everybody be and i, I but I she's perfect it. for it because she doesn't speak the best english so silent film works for sheeta in this case that's not that's not wrong and I, I'm, I'm thinking even past the silent film level but like what do you make sheeta in the silent film she needs to be kiss of the spider woman type you know what i mean like a very uh but she's baby face so it's tough to what Asian woman, baby, Japanese woman, baby face in the 1940. How do you show that? You know what I mean? As, yeah. as an alt character, that's an interesting challenge. I'm sure we could not keep it stereotypical. We could take uh, another baby face woman and just apply those traits to her. It just might not in people's mind as a period piece of how they were treated. Cause I think like, what would I use Willow Nightingale as I would have, if it wasn't uh, even if it was a silent film, the jazz club with the old mic and the pullback and there she is doing the, you know, she's singing into the mic or what have you. And we have a scene that's very Indiana Jones. Uh, care for a drink, Dr. Jones. You know what I mean? Like, uh, and that's the Sheeta thing. If we're going to get that level of post world war two over, I don't know, man, there's a, the, it'd be fun to sit down with some of my favorite writing partners uh, throughout my career and really, come up with something absolutely brilliant where everybody has an alternative. I don't give a shit if you're the taxi driver. You know what I mean? Something along those lines. We all make this movie together. I mean, the the initial quick idea thought I had is, you know, Sheeta runs into the black and white universe. Of course, she's going to be shocked, not understanding now where she's at. And maybe now she ends up finding herself in an old-timey boxing ring and Tony Storm's directing somebody else fighting against Sheeta or something like that was my okay. initial thought. It kind of came up or something. Yeah. I was uh, thinking but, like a Barnum and Bailey circus where you right. what wrestling is. So everybody has a part That's to play point. in there. 
you know, Brian Cage is fucking lifting 7,000 pounds with one arm or whatever the fuck over his head. You know, maybe now she is the bearded lady or something. I don't know. Right. right? Something along those lines. Uh, but somebody was listening to AEW or Light the Fuse last week because they did something with the black, the crossing to the black and white. So if you're listening, good job. We appreciate you. Yeah. Keep it up. Not a good job stepping on it with Julia Hart right afterwards. Yes. What was that? I Lights go out, come back up. Julia Hart is in the ring with Willow. Heart extends her hand, but then sky blue sky lady comes down. Sky blue, she comes out and spits blue mist into her face. I had I'm like, what the fuck does this mean? I don't watch Rampage. No, none of this should have been in there. We should have added it on our business with Tony and Sheeta, and that's it. Backstage once again now as we're getting uh, to the end of the show here. We've got MJF who's sitting on the ground, distraught that he can't find a partner. He claimed once again, make an appearance, tell him to be their partner. And then says, if you agree to it, wear what's in the bag and you have to scissor us. Uh, they walk off. MJF once again says, no, since he's got one more group to talk to, we pan over to see Jeff Jarrett, Jay Lethal, Satnam Singh, Sanjay Dutt, and Karen Jarrett. They're all laughing, saying, come join us. MJF looks back at the trash bag and the scene ends with a boo-boo face from him as he has no friends and needs some partners. Uh, then for whatever reason, I don't know why we went back to this. We went back to Roddy again with the kingdom and Renee. Sorry, I just got to go way, way back because what we're talking okay. MJF. How about when Wardlow grabs him and puts him against oh, right. the wall? And that was it. Like, he was going to take everything. I'm going to take football. everything wherever you messed up my life. Shouldn't shouldn't he have been involved in the finish of this? Yeah. That's why I was like, what the fuck? And they shoot Wardlow over his back, and he looks massive because he is. But we never get a face shot from him that none of that shit he should have been waiting to come around the other corner instead he runs past the shot and we never see him again is there some inside rib or heat where someone is playing high level of not only do you do don't want to do five power bombs and walk out you don't get an interview next week you get one week after that you get a pre-tape you're not even on the show this week okay you're back on the show but they're not even going to see your face i need you to walk in through this way it's either bad production or a very calculated fuck you well i don't know it, it, it's hard to, to figure out which one because we've seen bad production and you know how pro wrestling is so it's yeah. like well i don't know it's very it is very confusing um after the m after the mjf segment i was going to say uh, you know i didn't know i I just thought this was kind of weird just to wheel Roddy back out to call Adam and then have Adam hang up on him. It just, it felt like they went back to the well again and it didn't. It yep. Didn't they, happen. they added it at the high point before, and then they tried to do the call back to wrap it up and it just didn't work. Cause there was no, if something else was going on at, in another world and that call at this, at that time would have sent something in motion, then yes. But right here, all we did was go, see, we got a bit, let's do the bit one more time. And you only did the bit twice on one show so that means now the crowd is unsatisfied because bits need to be done in rule of threes right because you'll do it the first time get a laugh second time on the callback usually you don't and then third when it matters that's when it locks at home and the human psyche is super funny that's just how we're hardwired dna wise and it's a rule of comedy i did not invent i just abide by well, now we get to the main event. It's an eight-man tag team match. The Bullet Club Gold with Jay White, Juice Robinson, and the Ass Boys taking on MJF and the Acclaimed. Uh, sorry, I'm just going to stop oh, right yeah. here. we got Jay Cred in the house. He says, I live in Louisville. There was no hype machine or promotions on radio. Nothing at all about the show. Wow. And, you know, even with them sending Big Show to OVW, wouldn't have that been it? 
They send more than big show, do an invasion on the wrestlers, have them show up at your show, hype it through Matt Jones. Who's all over the goddamn radio from Lexington to Louisville and sports radio talk, get sports fans buzzing about it. that They're all going to be there. All these fans in Louisville have seen everything already because they lived with the fucking entire WWE roster for 20 years. So they've seen everybody and everything already. So you need to make it, a hot, hot ticket with something you can't believe is coming. And and if they hired this guy, forgive me, I don't know the dude, but he worked for some dirt sheet or like Fightful or some shit. Wasn't he supposed to be? Yeah, wasn't he supposed to be the new media guy, the czar who gets all this shit done? Did Where was Gilbert Corsi, two-time uh, Emmy Award-winning nightly news guy who works now for Derby City Wrestling and Dave Marquez? Where's he? He got to do a little something with the big show on live TV, but aside from that, where was he at the show to do something and bring in that outside audience? My from? boy Dane, the director of Derby City Wrestling, has his background in advertising and marketing. Why are they not asking him, who's right there in Louisville, the, Kentucky? This, these guys that they're hiring from the dirt sheets who pat themselves on the back don't even have the connections to know who to reach out to to get that kind of shit done. Especially if we're getting reports in our chat of like, I didn't see nobody paper the town. There was nothing on the two sixty four or the sixty four. Uh, saying we're in town next week come check us out no u of l tie-in no kentucky derby tie-in you got a goddamn cowboy you think he might want to ride a horse i don't know <laughs> i just so i don't understand what the logic is this why are we booking twenty thousand seat stadiums if we're only going to sell four thousand tickets like right right would i would have rather sold uh forty dollar tickets at ovw and packed out the fucking place bro you know what I mean? $60 bangers, whatever. VIPs only. Most hardcore wrestling fans make Louisville a hardcore wrestling city and put them over like that and go smaller in the venue. Why isn't AEW incentivizing the OVW wrestlers? You go out and sell us these p- tickets, we get you on the show tonight, yeah, right? Yeah. I mean, that's pay to play. Ticket sellers. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, there's there's, there's so many different ways. But then Al would say, oh, you're going to do it for AEW, but you're not doing it for OVW? You got heat. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> that's so. that's well, let me sell my 75 OVW tickets first, and then I'll sell the yeah, AEW bro. tickets, right? Oh, I've been there with fucking when Brock Lesnar came. Danny was so fucking hot that we had to sell these hundred dollar tickets and it was middle of February and a massive ice storm happened. And like maybe 40 people showed up to, to get a Brock signing because it was, weather was so bad and Danny was fucking hot about it, bro. I'm here to tell you. <laughs> well, this match, uh, as, uh, MJF comes out, his music hits. The very first thing I went in my mind as I swear to God, you better be wearing pink Burberry came out. He was wearing pink Burberry. So I was like, good. At least MJF go. is playing in the high at, at the highest level of the game here. Yeah. He comes out, they have their match. I was shocked that Jay White went over clean here on MJF. They with really no schmas finish, just a regular tag match. Jay White gets the victory and uh, it ends with oh go ahead. I'm sorry. No, it's fine. Go ahead. I was gonna say, and it ends uh with Bullet Club now exiting up the ramp. Now, to me, this is where the show should have ended, right? You make your babies off the heel, the heat, and you go mm-hmm. off the show. With heat. Right. Instead, what they did was is they had uh, Daddy Ass get in MJF's face for not scissoring Max, and then they end the thing with them scissoring each other. And all I could think of was you're promoting this 69-day celebration on Saturday. Why wouldn't you have Max tease the scissor thing, take it away, and then have him show up on Saturday or throughout the week? I'm sorry. I'll show up on Saturday to apologize. Blah, blah, blah. 
Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely that you're, you're definitely not wrong because the heel needs to leave with their heat. And that's what we added on with those guys with the shocked face. And he still didn't get his belt back. Still didn't get his belt back. What are we worried about? A house show fucking waka waka spot where it infers lesbians grinding pussies together, but we've really got gay men fucking putting their hands together, but we're saying it, isn't it so fucking funny? Like, ha 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 ha. Like, <laughs> Okay, that's that's the story we're trying to tell and go home, not get my belt back, the most important thing possible. And he, I wouldn't say he went over clean because he came back in and did the switchblade stab him in the back, right? So he had his back turned. So uh, it wasn't like outpower him to do it. He snuck one. But Jay White, we're supposed to believe, is this badass wrestler. In the middle of the match, the guys all go forward. He chicken shits and powders in between them. That's not Bullet Club, bang, bang, gang. That's fucking Southern Fried Cornet bullshit when you're the manager. I've done that spot in that town many times, so I know it. So even though these guys go to Japan, get over with a new Japan stamp or whatever the fuck, they still don't understand who they're supposed to be as top guys. When you got three guys backing you up, you don't play chicken shit. You stand behind them and go, yeah, what's up, bitch? Like, you want some more, right? And let them be your bump dummies to take it out. I love Juice Robinson's overselling on things. Daddy ass comes in, kicks his ass, does a flip bump backwards, legs up onto the rope. This match was good. Why? Because Billy Gunn was in it and made sure there wasn't a bunch of stupid fucking shit going on. So I thought uh, the ass boys did a good job too coming in and getting character over with the suckets and getting in their dad's face. They did a really good job feeding for MJF to give them all body slams, make MJF look strong, just standing in the middle of the ring. Um, and I thought the match was good. It's just like you said, almost every segment tonight that should have ended gets overclocked again. This one with the house show scissor me bullshit. Uh, you can do that, but you do it after the camera after. goes off. You yeah. don't do it then. Uh, what's her name? The little witch showing up after all the fucking yeah, Tony Storm. Yeah, that shouldn't have been in there. Um, what else did we say should have been cut? Uh, there was something else they stepped on right away after it, but they're, they're overdoing these segments. So the business they want to get done, Adam Copeland, they did that. Yeah. And edge stuff, the business that they want, that's the main business is getting done, but they're shifting it to the middle of the match because they're doing something extra on the end. Now, the thing that should mean the most is a gloss over because it's not the last thing that we're seeing. So we need to make our edits way earlier and take that extra business and turn them into extra segments and stop stepping on it. If you do a match, you get to have one piece of business afterwards. That's the main part in the story to further things forward. Once you do another one on top of that, you just fucked the entire segment. Yeah, I'm tired. Of, I don't need to see happy ending bullshit every week. If this is a no. television show, give me a cliffhanger to come back next week. Right. You know? And heels got to leave with their heat. Instead, right. Edge hits the spear, pays it off. Here, we get a babyface pop at the end. Babyface pops should be left for payoffs at pay-per-views, not on the TV show to get guys over that way. They get, they get over on the payoff. That's why it's called that. Everyone, sit down and shut the fuck up. That's what I'm God saying. damn it, <laughs> stupid ass man. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that's going to do it this week for another edition of Light the Fuse right here on Hami Media Group, powered by channelattitude.com. If you haven't already done so and you're watching this live right here on in Hami's YouTube, check out uh, channelattitude.com right now. Sign up, five bucks a month, get a subscription, Hami Media Group. 
and or you can go to uh, Benjamin's Patreon, sign up for the consultants, mm. you know, get the inside track and scoop on how professional wrestling is written by Benjamin, of course, with Vince Russo and Stevie Richards. Uh, well, ladies and gentlemen, I'm your host, Nahid, and I can't be beat. I'm your guy who's high where the air is dry, your boy, MSG. You can check out my podcast, SMB, a South yeah. Park review. Each and every Wednesday, episode 199 is out right now. The season 14 premiere, Sexual Healing. What happens when Tiger Woods gets caught after cheating on his wife and EA Sports puts out the brand new game where you can have Tiger and his wife fight each other. As well as uh, what happens when uh, the boys realize that, uh, you know, they're sex addicts and they have to do with, have to deal with that to try and uh, mitigate that uh, their addiction. Well, check out SMB, a <laughs> South Park review. Shout out to my co-host, Dane Becker, as I mentioned, Derby City Resident. He also just got a brand new job in Atlanta, so he'll be moving down to the Atlanta market. Nice. Uh, so excited for him and my buddy there. Uh, ben Hameen, what Dude. do you have going on in the latest world of Hameen Media Group, Hacker Hameen's life? What's going on in the <laughs> cannabis world? What are we doing this week? Yeah, man. Ravens joint. Uh, just getting that uh, squared away here in uh, Clay, New York, Syracuse, New York. Uh, hopeful uh, to get everything off the ground by the new year. And then uh, tonight I'll be at Upstate Wrestling Entertainment training all of uh, Hameen's hackers over there, getting them ready for our next big show, November 18th at Immortal Championship Wrestling with Heath Slater, who claims he's got kids. Your kids don't impress me. When you get over 400 kids, then maybe we'll talk Heath Slater. Uh, but, uh, yeah, man, it's it's nonstop production over here at HMG. Thanks to all the co-hosts. Thanks to Kaz for putting out all those great clips. Thanks for you guys sharing them. All the shout-outs to NWA and Billy that you guys did as well i know blaze haram appreciates that man and me and blaze are on the lookout for our next victim so it might be you infidels and uh maybe even heading back across the border december 2nd to crossfire so y'all uh, it's hacker hameen it's msg we just lit the fuse infidels watch her back don't be a stupid bitch or else you might get got to here hameen media group channel attitude.com you're coming for you silvio <laughs> yes, you too. <laughs>